I'm Taylor. And welcome to Square Mile of Murder. Halloween, bonus, extra time, whatever we're calling it. Overtime. I want to call it, is it Treetops, no, Treehouse of Terror, but that's The Simpsons, isn't it? Yeah, Treehouse, is it Terror or Horror? Treehouse of something. I I have Treetops of Horror in my head, and I think that might be a theme park. Ooh. Like, thing at Halloween. Oh, yeah, okay. I've seen. Okay. I always want to say, like, Treetops of Terror, and I don't know why. (laughs) Why not, really? Why not? Uh, it is the penalty kicks of Halloween. Oh, yeah, we, we can't mention penalty kicks. Oh, yeah. The Euros are still too close. We'll have a mutiny. Good point, good point. And it's still a, like a year before the World Cup, so... <laughs> Gotta calm it down <laughs> with the football references. Anyway, today on our extra Halloween episode, I'm going to tell Taylor, and of course you guys... A strange and spooky story that's got me a little bit, or a lot, from being honest, baffled. <laughs> and I have spent many, many days and nights trying to get my head around. So, yeah, you ready? Yeah, I'm just gonna sit here. Are y'all wrapped up in like a cozy blanket? Yeah, I got, I got, I got my hoodie on. You know, it's is this it, one yours or is it? This I switched because um, it's looser. I, I was feeling too like confined in that one. Don't worry, I won't tell your wife that you don't like her sweatshirts. I told her I was like, I really appreciate it, but I changed. She's like, I'm very <laughs> offended. So you know, the divorce is imminent. I'm sure. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Re- I'm ready. Let's let's do this. I won't comment on anything (laughs) yeah you will because that's so like me you know yeah okay so i don't believe a word of what you just said (laughs) but i'm gonna start in march 2014 22 year old lisanne Froon and 21 year old chris kramers arrived in panama for a six-week trip the two friends were from emmersfoort which is near Utrecht in the Netherlands. Both had recently finished university. Chris was studying uh, cultural social education at the University of Utrecht. And Lisanne was studying applied uh, psychology from a university in Deventer. After university, they moved in together and both worked at the same cafe in Emmersfoort. And they saved up to go on this trip as sort of a celebration for them finishing university. They were planning on volunteering, working in a school with children during this trip, uh, studying Spanish, and exploring the country's national parks. Sounds like fun. Sounds cool. They landed in Panama on March 15th, and they spent two weeks travelling around the country before they arrived in the small mountain town of Boquete, which is in the westernmost province of Chiriqui. So they arrived there on March 29th. The province borders Costa Rica, and the town of Boquete itself is only about 60 kilometres or 37 miles from the border. And this border region is filled with lush jungles, mountains, volcanoes, remote towns and villages, and it is home to numerous indigenous tribes, groups, people. Um, 
but the group they were going to volunteer with, the school, wasn't ready for them when they arrived, which was strange, because it had been arranged like weeks in advance, but the dates were wrong and they were a few days early. Uh, So they decided to hang out in Boquete and explore the area until they could begin their like voluntourism placement. They were staying with a local host family as well. So that's where they were staying while they were working in the school. Mm-hmm. They planned to head to hike along the nearby El Pianista Trail, which literally means the pianist, <laughs> on April 1st. And after breakfast, they headed out. It said they were staying with a host family in Boquete. And according to some reports, the family often allowed those who stayed with them to take the dog, Blue, on the trails with them. Just... Which I think is is quite a good thing, you know. Like, oh, we don't have to walk walk the dog yeah. this week because we've got people staying with us. <laughs> we've got visitors. Let them. I I think that is great. Like, if I could like rent Rigby out to be like <laughs> a local dog guide, uh, he gets a nice romp around, and you know, some other people get to like hike with a dog i think that's great what was that borrow my doggy yes yeah thing, isn't there so there, i may maybe i need to try that so then the dog's called blue but i don't know if that's been translated because blue because say panama is a hispanic country so it blue in spanish is azul yes yeah so i don't know if the dog was called azul or blue blue one so. way or the other Yes, yeah. named after but, a color. <laughs> uh, however, other sources say that Blue was well known around town and just followed people <laughs> who stayed with the host family. <laughs> you know, just that kind of place where everyone knows everyone's pets and they just wander off. And so, some reports say that he just followed people when they went walking, if, if he knew them, and he just followed uh, Chris and Lasan onto the trail. They didn't specifically take him. Mm-hmm. Either could be true. Either way, he's a good boy. Yes. Uh, El Pianista Trail winds winds its way through the National Park near Boquete, which contains the Baru Volcano, which is the tallest volcano in Panama. And the jungle is referred to as a cloud forest due to the like low-lying cloud and fog that hangs around at canopy level. So it's really kind of picturesque, atmospheric... All those kind of things that you think about, you think of like a a, f- a kind of cloudy, foggy jungle, mm-hmm. very mystical, allegedly. I've never been there. This is what the <laughs> pictures look like. Yeah. But this makes it a popular destination for tourists, and the region is generally considered to be a safe place to visit. It's also very popular with like Americans retiring to Panama, mm. as well as like retirees from like more urban parts, like the cities and urban urban places in Panama itself. Mm-hmm. The first few miles of a trail are well-traveled. Nobody was concerned or thought anything of it when the women decided to hike the trail. They were appropriately dressed. They had plenty of water and food for an average day's hike. One of the trail's claims to fame is that it climbs the mountains to a point that overlooks the Continental Divide. So the Continental Divide, if, like me, you didn't know. (laughs) So it runs from Alaska all the way down the Rockies, through the mountains of Central America, into South America, and along the Andes, 
and as the name suggests, it divides the continent. On one side of the mountains, the rivers run east into the Atlantic, and on the other side, they run west into the Pacific. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you can see why it's like, sounds like a very attractive place to visit. Oh, yeah. I want to go now. I mean, don't know if I like the idea of like hiking through the jungle. I kind of like, I want to see it. I don't know if I want to go hiking. How about like a helicopter ride over the jungle? Yeah. 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 Lazy tourism. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So it's like, it's just an average hike. It's well made. Like the trails are well maintained. Anyone pretty much can go and just walk without trouble. Yeah. On these trails. So Blue, the dog, returned to Boquete in the late afternoon on April 1st, but Lisanne and Chris were nowhere to be seen. Though this wasn't immediately a cause for concern. Because Blue was so well known in Boquete, nobody batted an eyelid at him wandering around on his own, and the host family just assumed that Lisanne and Chris uh, had dropped him off before heading out into town for the evening, and they, they just missed him, just missed each other. Mm-hmm. Or that Blue had just wandered back on his own, or just been... Nobody really was worried. He was a man about town. He did his own thing. And nobody realized anything was wrong until the next morning when a local guide named Feliciano came to the host family's house looking for the women because they were late meeting him for a walking tour of the local area. When the women still had not been seen by mid-afternoon, the host family and local guide reported them missing to police. The police launched a large-scale search operation, combing the trails and surrounding jungle with help from local indigenous people, as well as volunteers from Boquete. But initially, nobody suspected foul play. They thought that the women had just got lost, or one or both of them had become injured and stranded. Lisanne and Chris's families were informed that their daughters were missing, and on April 6th, their parents flew from the Netherlands to Panama, along with a reported 18 members of Dutch law enforcement and 13 canines. Wow. Yes. To aid the search for the two missing women. So at this point, this is the fifth day since they've been reported. Yeah. The families offered a $30,000 reward for information leading to Lisanne and Chris, but the days passed by with no sign of them, and after 10 days, the official search operation was scaled back. Which, sadly, is what happened. Yeah. What happens in, like, average search, like, any missing persons cases. You can't commit that kind of resources for a long period of time. Yeah. And 10 days is quite a long time. It's also a long time to be stuck in the jungle. Well, yeah, yeah. And so, like, that is quite an impressive search operation to begin Mm -hmm. with in that kind of, like, terrain as well. Yeah. The only lead the police had to go on were reports that Chris and Lisanne had had breakfast with two Dutchmen who were also travelling around Panama, before they headed out on the trail. Uh, Both of them had posted on Facebook that they were planning on having brunch with the men, but had not shared any more details about them and where or how they had met them. So nobody actually knew the name of these men, but eventually they were identified. I don't know if they came forward Mm. or if 
you know, somehow they were identified by, you know, or we saw them here or there or, you know, local reports type of thing. Oh. And after speaking to police, they were deemed to have had no involvement in the disappearance of Lisanne and Chris. Uh, searches continued throughout the Boquete and El Pianista Trail for weeks with no sign of the two missing women. But on June 14th, which is two and a half months after they vanished, a local couple found something that changed what everyone thought they knew about this case and kind of brought about far more questions than it answered. <laughs> so on the banks of the river, river Culubre, near the remote, remote mountain village of Alto Romero, a local couple who were members of the indigenous Nagobe tribe found a backpack, which it turned out belonged to Lisanne and Chris. According to the website, mysteries are unsolved. Alta Romeo is about 12 hours away from Boquete on foot and completely the wrong side of the mountain, or possibly mountains, to the trail they were following. Uh-oh. So it's a long way. Just yeah. out of out of place. Not where they should have been, in theory. Yeah. But, because all the, like, all the local uh, tribes, I think tribes is the right word, indigenous groups, mm-hmm. um, had been involved in searching for the girls, they had a pretty good idea. Yeah. But that this backpack may belong to them. Yeah. So they immediately handed it into police, who examined it, and it contained two bikinis, although it's sometimes referred to as just bras, but... I'm going to guess bikinis. Yeah. Unless, I mean, if you're hiking through a really sticky jungle, you might take your bra off if you're that sweaty and itchy. Yeah. Swap them out. I wouldn't because I'd get annoyed. (laughs) Like, I'm just never happy wherever they are. (laughs) So, or it could have just been bikinis because there's a river and swimming points and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, two bikinis slash bras, uh, two pairs of sunglasses, $83 in cash, a digital camera, two mo- two mobile phones, a water bottle, and Lisanne's passport. And like I said, this backpack was miles from the trail the women were known to have been on. And the prevailing theory up until that point had been that Lisanne and Chris had got lost and perished in the wilderness looking for help. But the backpack challenged that theory because it was found close to a village and on the edge of some rice paddies. So had the girls found themselves there, they would have been seen by locals. Yeah. Who hopefully, presumably, would have helped them. Yeah. And the other problem was that the backpack was in pretty much pristine condition, which is unlikely if it had been just out in the jungle for two and a half months. It would at least have dust, water damage, whereas everything inside was like perfect, it was clean, everything worked, there was no damage or anything to it. Mm-hmm. And then comes the obvious question, if the backpack was there, where are Lisanne and Chris? A fresh search operation was organised after the backpack was handed in, focusing on this area, of the jungle where the backpack was found and when within hours a pair of denim shorts were discovered which were later to were later proven to have belonged to chris they were found on the opposite riverbank 
less than two miles downriver from the backpack. But there was still no signs of the two women. So as searches continued, authorities turned to the phones and the camera to see if they had any secrets to reveal. And the phones did reveal a number of worrying things. So between 4.30 and 5pm on April 1st, both phones had been used to try and call 112, which is the Dutch emergency services number, but that didn't connect because in Panama, like in the US, the emergency number is 911. Interesting side note, in the UK, 911, even though our emergency number is 999, 911 will connect. That's helpful. Because the like proliferation of American pop culture... Oh, it's just so prevalent yeah. in this in this country that kids were here were like seeing and hearing it on TV and films and stuff. Yeah, and didn't know for some reason weren't taught. You know, the first day of school, like I'm pretty sure we were, that our emergency <laughs> number is nine nine nine. Um, and so kids were ringing nine one one to try and like if there was an emergency to uh-huh. try and ring emergency services. So eventually, it was connected up. And it just goes straight through to 999 in the UK now. I mean, if nothing else, that's handy. Especially for, like, travelers and stuff. Yeah. They tried ringing 112, but it hadn't connected for obvious reasons. Uh, The phones had then been used for a number of days after the women went missing. So, the Wikipedia article on this case lists the times, like, lists the phone activities of both phones... But there's some discrepancies with other sources, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Lisanne's phone was used again the following day, uh, with either two or three attempts made to call both 112 and 911. Uh, There's also two signal check attempts on April 2nd. The phone was left on overnight, but then on the morning of April 3rd, um, it was switched off. Then in the early hours of April 4th, it was switched on again. Two signal check attempts were made before the phone battery died. And there was no more activity on that phone. I don't know what they're classing as like signal check attempts. Probably like tower that to me is... pings, like, like attempts to reach out and find. Yeah, I don't know if that's like literally like l- turning the phone on, pressing a button so it lights up and moving around. Yeah. I feel like it, it has to be like an electronic, like a like a programmatic thing within the phone of like mm. the phone like running a a series yeah, of events itself. that's that's looking actively for a signal. Yeah. Uh Chris's phone, however, lasted a lot longer than Lissan's. So on the morning of April second, a call attempt to one one two was made. On April 3rd, an attempt was made to 911. On April 3rd and 4th, there were four signal check attempts and a fifth one on the morning of April 5th. Another signal check on the afternoon of April 5th and two on the 6th. But these, uh, on these checks, the PIN number wasn't used to access the phone. So, again, I don't know if it's just like, well, the phone's just been lit up. Yeah. And switched on to... But yeah, so that's the 6th. Then there's no more activity until April 11th, when there's again a signal check, but with no pin, and the phone is then switched off. 
The battery's not dead, though. It's just switched off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not turned on again until the backpack is recovered and the police access the data. However, according to an article on All That's Interesting, um, according to that, there's 77 phone calls were attempted between April 1st and April 11th. And that because of like the dense jungle and the remote location, only one of those was able to connect, but disconnected within seconds. So yeah, there's a very big discrepancy between the two reports. Yeah. So long story short, we're not really sure. So something was happening with the phones, but they couldn't mm. get through. Yeah. Basically. Uh, the camera itself also throws up a lot of questions. First few photos, are, as expected, they depict the women on their hike, show them as they hiked up to the Continental Divide. But there's a few photos that show they'd gone off trail and ended up in like dense jungle. And there's some photos that show they're in like a ravine that's off the trail as well. And according to the timestamp in the camera, this is just before their first attempts to call emergency services. But as the days and nights went on, the photos became more and more confusing and disturbing. So on April 8th, so they set out on April 1st, so we've been gone a week. Um, Many, uh, 90 photos were taken and many of them, well, were all taken at night, but most of them were blurry and didn't really show anything useful. They're out of focus, but they are pictures of trees with very little meaning to anyone. Didn't show any like landmarks or other like photo opportunities that, you know, tourists might stop for. And to this day, nobody is 100% sure why they were taken. Um, So experts examined the photos and determined that San and Chris had taken a detour from the well-worn and well-maintained trails of Alpine Easter and ended up on an unmaintained trail that was used almost exclusively by local indigenous groups. These trails are fairly safe to walk on, but you need to have like the right equipment and know exactly what you're doing, where you're going, or have a local guide because it's very easy to get lost or injured if you, you know, take a wrong turning or fall or anything like that Mm. and some of these trails are so difficult that according to strange outdoors even local people avoid using them as much as possible in bad weather and crossing some of the gorges and ravines uh, also involve using cable bridges which are very dangerous and quite frankly look terrifying (laughs) um no i mean like treetop rope walks and things even that you get like in the forests around here. Yeah. Not for me. <laughs> so, but yeah, they, for, for someone who's not particularly steady on their feet, that to me, they look terrifying. Yeah. So very dangerous in bad weather. Even if you use them regularly and know how to use them properly, falling from them does result in severe injury or death. And with just a small backpack for a day trip, wearing hiking boots, shorts and t-shirts, Lisanne and Chris really weren't prepared for going so far off the beaten path. Now, this is where I need Taylor's participation. Oh, oh, oh. So, the other photos seemed very strange. So, 
all they seemed to show were random objects. So I think there was three that were in focus. And then there was one, a fourth one, that was of the back of Chris's head, which some argue shows traces of blood in her hair or on her temple. But others have argued that it's more likely that it's the red strap of her vest top. Personally, I can't see anything other than like a mop of hair. Maybe Taylor can see something I can't. So I'm just looking now. I can't see anything besides hair and like yeah. the outline of like a neck and shoulders. Yeah. But I don't. I don't get like traces of blood or even like a, a shirt or anything. No. And there's loads of pictures have been posted on Reddit where people have like circled, you know, oh, this is this <laughs> yeah. is a nostril and this is her teeth and this is it's like, and no. I personally just I can't see it. No, I don't either. Uh so one of the photos that was in focus shows a large rock surrounded by vegetation. A uh, second photo shows the same rock, but with a branch with red tape wrapped around it, uh, sort of hanging over the rock. And a third photo shows what appears to be a small, like, mirror, you know, like a compact mm -hmm. mirror, mm -hmm. with, like, sweet and gum wrappers on top of the rock. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. And another mystery surrounding the photos is that one of them was deleted, although it, couldn't, it wasn't recovered by forensic techs. So the photo numbers go in se like go normally in sequence, and they get to five oh eight, and then go five ten. So five oh nine was deleted at some point after the later photos were taken. So one theory about the photos is that the women were using the flash as a way to illuminate the ground in front of them, sort of light the way, because they didn't have a torch, because they were going for a day hike. Mm -hmm. They planned on being back well before nightfall. So others have suggested that they could have been trying to scare off predators or even human attackers using the flash bright light. But again, we can't know anything for sure. And although the photos aren't clear or in any very good focus, there's nobody else in the photos other than the, than Lisanne and Chris. Um, so one argument is that photo 509 had someone else in it. Who then deleted it. They deleted the photo. Um, and the photo of the mirror could have been the women's attempt at signalling like a passing plane, like using it to reflect the light, mm -hmm. or, you know, people in the distance who maybe they just couldn't shout loud enough, couldn't hear them but they could see them. Mm -hmm. um, also, there were reportedly 34 sets of fingerprints found on the backpack and its contents. So I believe two sets would be the San and Chris's. Yeah. But couldn't find out who the other 32 belonged to. That's a lot. Yeah. So you probably have, like, the, the couple who, who found, found the backpack. Yeah. May have like police officers who it was handed to at like a police station, mm -hmm. you know. But they would, there would be, or you'd think they'd have elimination prints mm -hmm. for that reason. So we don't know who else touched this backpack. 
That's weird. So, just three days after the backpack was discovered, a human pelvic bone and decomposed foot were still inside a boot uh, were found in the same region of the jungle as the backpack. But about six hours hiking distance from the backpack. I don't know how far they are, these distances are in like terms of miles, Mm -hmm. because six hours on the flat, like smooth going, is a long way. Six hours through rugged (laughs) mountain terrain. And like twisty jungle paths, yeah. Isn't that far. Yeah. So I don't know the actual distances. Yeah. Um, but these bones were found by a local guide named Feliciano. Yeah. Hmm. That Feliciano. Hmm. The same man who first raised the alarm about the two women, women being missing. Hmm. Make of that what you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the search for Chris and Lisanne ramped up again and refocused in this area of the jungle, and within a few days, 33 human bones had been found scattered over a small area. Uh, and these bones were later proved using DNA testing to be Chris Kramer's and Lisanne Froome. The fact that it's scattered, the bones are scattered, isn't necessarily a sign of like foul play. Mm-hmm. It's just that if the bodies had been out there in the jungle they could have been scavenged by animals Mm -hmm. which we know happens in cases where people have died and the bodies aren't discovered for a while animals will scavenge the body and so bones will be found sort of further away yeah Uh, so one thing that's always mentioned when talking about the remains is that the pelvic bone was bleached Right. This doesn't mean it had cleaning chemicals poured on it. What? It means it it means sun bleached. Yeah. Right. So reason I'm clarifying this is because a few of the sources I used had like, you know, questions remaining and one of them was like, Why was the why were the bones covered in bleach? And I'm like No. No, no, no. Honey. Honey, no. <laughs> so a few reports and sources do clarify that it means sun bleached, not chemical bleached. Yeah. I suppose if you don't know what some bleached is, I can understand the confusion. Yeah. <laughs> but no, def- it means it means they've been out in the sun. Yeah. Uh, what it does mean is that the bodies were out in the open for a significant period of time for the bones to have become bleached. And decomposition does happen very quickly in the right conditions and I would in like a humid, hot jungle. Yeah are the right conditions yeah. for it to happen very quickly. Yeah, way accelerated, I would imagine. Yeah. So this is 10, 11 weeks. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah, it all depends on the um, yeah, the climate and the well, and the level of exposure. And if, if they were, like, completely exposed enough so that all the bones were, like, bleached by the sun, yeah, totally could happen that quickly. Uh, because there were only 33 bones found, neither Panamanian nor Dutch doctors or medical examiners were able to decide on a cause of death. And a forensic anthropologist claimed that there was no signs of trauma to the bones. So they said they could have been scattered by animals. It doesn't necessarily mean anything sinister, like they've been dismembered and spread. But local people and guides travel through the area quite regularly. 
and when the women were missing, they were all questioned by police. But nobody saw anything out of the ordinary, and definitely nobody saw anything that would indicate two people would die, like mm-hmm. were there dead. Mm-hmm. That they were lost or injured, or you know, there was no sign of the bodies before these bones appeared. So, first the case was designated a homicide, then an abduction, but in October 2014, when nobody could determine a cause of death for either Chris or Lisanne, the Panamanian authorities announced that it was a case of accidental death. So, officially, Panamanian authorities believed that Lisanne and Chris had gone off the trails, got lost, and succumbed to the wilderness, as they did not have the right equipment, the right clothing, anything to survive in the wild. Mm -hmm. But not everyone buys that version of events, and there are many, many questions remaining about what happened to Chris Kramers and Lisanne Froon. So, there's a few that I have. Mm Is it suspicious that Feliciano, the guide, was also the one who found the remains? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think it is, because it's so remote and so far off. Like, even, like, the trails that you would go with a guide, apparently it was so far, like, removed from those as well. Yeah, like, I would say it wouldn't be that weird if he was one or the other. Like, he reported them missing, or then he found the backpack, but because it was both. So he found the remains, not the or backpack. Or sorry, the remains. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a little weird. Um, so my other question is, obviously, how they ended up so far off the trails to end up 12 hours by foot away from Boquete. Because that is a long way to walk without food and water. Yeah, it is. But they still were six hours from the backpack. And why was it in such good condition if it's supposedly been there for 10 weeks? Yeah, that's what I don't get. That, I think, is... That suggests that it has been kept somewhere. Yeah. Um, And then placed there where it will be seen and recovered and... Yeah. Yeah, the one I just mentioned is, like, so the bones were sun-bleached but nobody had noticed bodies lying there decomposing for 11 weeks. Yeah. That I find very strange. Especially if it was Uh, an area that was, like, regularly traveled, supposedly. Yeah, there's villages nearby, there's rice paddies. So it's, it's remote, but it's inhabited. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. Uh, what triggered the first emergency call? Because it was just after half past four on that first afternoon. Mm -hmm. So, which I would have thought maybe there was like an injury or something. Yeah. Maybe one of them fell or they say was injured and then couldn't carry on and they tried to get help, but... Yeah, but then... To then, like, supposedly keep walking for an extended period of time. Yeah. After that. That's where it just doesn't add up. Yeah. Another theory is that um, they'd basically stumbled off the trail 
and ended up somewhere they shouldn't have and seen something they shouldn't have. And one of these things they may have seen, according to some theories, is drug runners. Mm. So Panama does share a border with Colombia. They are known for drugs being run through the jungles, mm-hmm. but not at that not in that region of Panama. Mm. The southern border of Panama, the border with Colombia, um reportedly that area there is a lot of drug activity. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Yeah, but there is less uh, on the Costa Rican border. So I don't know if that like the drugs come through Colombia into Panama and then go by sea or air. Mm-hmm. Like shockingly enough, I don't know a lot about drug running. What? You you didn't go to drug trafficker school? No, I've watched narcos. <laughs> That's all I know. Well, you write them a letter and you say, "You failed me. <laughs> My education is yeah. lacking." But like Remember when we did the fire festival episode? Yeah, the, there was islands in the Bahamas that were used. Oh yeah, by you Escobar. know supposedly by Escobar yeah. and his various business partners in running drugs up to Florida. Yes. So I mean, drugs drugs will go wherever they want to go, however they can get there. So like, it's not crazy to think that there were some drug trafficking operations in this part Mm. of Panama, but maybe it wasn't like a hotbed. Yeah, and it could have just been that local people maybe knew and it was kind of see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, all that kind of thing. Turn a blind eye kind of thing. Yeah, that is a possibility. It could be that there is like another region to the north of Chiriqui. Mm Mm-hmm which also borders Costa Rica. It could have just been that that was an easier crossing, mm-hmm. border crossing for for traffickers. Mm-hmm. We, I, I don't really know. Yeah. They could have seen or come across something that they shouldn't have seen. That is a poten- like potentially what happened. They tried to, you know, contact emergency services, you know, any chance they got. Mm-hmm. It would explain, like, one of the photos being deleted. It does sound very far-fetched, but it's all technically possible. Anything's possible. True. Um, So another theory that's been posited is that there is a serial killer in this area of Panama. Mm. Um, So, I said before, the area is generally considered very safe. It's popular for tourists. It is popular with retirees from both domestic and international. So one theory is that they kind of brushed this under the carpet because they didn't want it to affect tourism. Mm-hmm. And so I live in a tour I'm from a tourist area, I live there now. I've known this happen where we live. Not in okay, we've had like one murder in the last decade. <laughs> Um, which everyone lost their damn minds about. Which, yeah, murder is a horrendous thing. It is not a sign that a community has been destroyed. But the whole local narrative of it was this was a person from outside our community came in and targeted a person at random. Yeah, And that is what happened. But the onus was always it was an outsider. It was nothing to do with us. This is a very safe tourist place, which it is. Yeah, Where I live is very safe. Yeah. And the same when there's been like accidental deaths, like people have 
wash got washed out to sea and drown or people have fallen from the cliffs things like that it's washed up it's a bad <laughs> turn of phrase it's it's hushed up and it's brushed under the carpet very quickly yeah because it's uh, that's the main um, economy in the the area to be like yeah it's a safe tourist destination come here you know here's all the information the countryside code how to stay safe on the coastal paths how to say stay safe if you go out into the country mm-hmm. you know follow this information you'll be fine and generally you will be yeah um so i can completely understand how that narrative has come about like no there's nothing to see here two people got lost they went off the trails it was their own fault you know big onus on victim blame blaming mm-hmm. so with that in mind there is a serial killer theory because of course there is why not um so this theory has been written about by the daily beast mm-hmm. unfortunately it's a members only article and i was not paying for it i you should have i think I subscribed to them like years ago and still have a membership. Seriously? Yeah. Um, it's a very long article. I think that's the one so, I've read about this case, actually. Yeah. So there is another podcast that got like that covers this case. It's called Park Predators, and the episode is called The Camera. It's a sole now it's like a single narrator, so it's quite a dry like retelling of it but it goes into a lot of detail um so according to pack predators the the daily beast has done like various investigations into this story mm-hmm. and they have linked the deaths of chris and lisanne to that of a another tourist who died i think it was 2017 um, and they believe they can link the three deaths and believe it to be a serial killer. Uh-uh. Uh, but as I said, I haven't read the article, so but yeah. And the link I put a link to Park Predators in the uh, show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Those seem to be like the main theories. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. Oh, so. I think I first heard about this on an episode of My Favorite Murder, and then fell down a hole with it for a minute. Like, same as me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I can't remember. I feel like I've also listened to another podcast about it, but I don't think it was Park Predators. So the Park Predators one only came out a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so it definitely wasn't that one. <laughs> um, but I say a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago as we're recording because we're recording our Halloween stuff quite early this year. Yeah. Um, um, so August it came out. Yeah. But like, I have no memory of what, if I did listen to another one, what it was. I think I have read at least, I read like an article that was like, six parts or something i think that sounds like the daily beast one i think it is because i remember going through it and being like accidentally clicking on the second part first and then getting like confused about um Mm. where to start but yes i 
So if I remember correctly, in that article, they push really hard on the idea of Feliciano as a potential mm. killer. Yeah. Which, and like, it, or it was either him or there was another guy that the two had like been known to have encountered within the town who was like really right. pushy, I guess, with them. Mm. Which kind of makes sense. Like, it does. And I think there's like, it does sound suspicious that he, you know, raised, was the first one to be like, hey, they're show missing. Up. Yeah. And also the one who found the remains. But coincidences do happen. Yeah. Well, um, like the thing, so the thing that I could see happening here is that like, because they were supposed to go on a hike with him like the next day. But so maybe they mm -hmm. randomly met up with him on the trail and, and he was like, oh, I'll show you a really cool place or whatever. And yeah. so then they go with him and then he like basically abducts them, maybe injures one of them slightly, but yeah, like not enough so that they can't then keep walking and he has them walk into the like heart of the jungle down these trails yeah. that he would know mm. but then obviously they were still alive for an extended period of time so it's not like they were they were taken somewhere and then murdered immediately yeah and he was back in Boquete the next day yeah so that like I could see maybe like an assault, like a sexual assault, perhaps, and then yeah, they just got lost and started wandering around and were confused about where they were and or even just like like you say they could have bumped into him on the trail and he could have been like oh you know I sh can show you this like really cool place and maybe one of them got injured and he panicked and abandoned them yeah that too. They say it is suspicious that he found he report he sort of raised the alarm and also found the remains. But as I say, coincidences do happen. Yeah, there's a lot of big leaps, and especially being made. it would be it would be weirder if he was not like a trail guide. If he was just yeah. if he was like the barkeep, who, you know, <laughs> reported them missing yeah. and then found them. 12 miles away or 12 hours away sorry then that would be weird but he walks the trails like he's he knows that's his, it's job. his job like that's less yeah. weird to me i i i don't know i <laughs> i i kind of remember when i was first looking at this getting to a point where i was like i can't keep looking at this because it's it's upsetting me that I can't figure it out. <laughs> when I first heard about this case, I was listening to a podcast. I just found it's called um, S&U, Strange and Unsolved. Um, and I listened to an episode about a case I was vaguely familiar with. I was like, oh, I like this podcast. And I kept listening mm -hmm. and then came to this episode. I 
had really bad insomnia, which I've also got at the moment. <laughs> um, so I listened to this episode and I was like, this is bizarre. It's weird. It's, it's, it's just, it's strange and unsolved. And so I started like just searching on like Google podcasts for other podcasts about this case and listen to loads of them and i think the fact that i was had insomnia and was very sleep deprived sort of also played a part into how freak freaky i found it um i think that like this wouldn't be that wild if the camera and phones and backpack weren't a part of it like if it was just all that yeah. stuff was found with their remains with them. yeah but the fact that it was found earlier than they were found six hours away and in seemingly perfect condition add to that all of the p- attempted emergency calls all of the phone pings and all of the pictures is what sends it into the realm of like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah, I mean, these things on their own wouldn't be weird. Like, okay, they took pictures using the flash to illuminate where they were going. That's totally believable. Yeah, that's smart. Even using the mirror and the flash to try and like, like, attract attention. Yeah. Yeah. But it's when you take all the other things, like you say, the backpack is six hours away and one theory is that they had been found themselves near the river and they had tried to float downstream and got to to some kind of you know village town whatever but at that time of the year the river wasn't flooded enough Uh apparently for you to just like float along Uh um so yeah there's just too many unanswered questions and the case officially there is no no crime, mm. no case to answer. The families are continuing to push for it to be a criminal investigation again. Mm. Um, I think there's some kind of crime gone on, whether it's a serial killer, whether it's an abduction. Yeah. I don't know, but I definitely think there's something not right. That's the thing. It It just has that overall feeling of like this is weird like people go missing people have accidents in the wilderness happens all the time but like you said it's all of these elements when you put them together that's like that's weird yeah i mean we had like three weeks ago the beach like half a mile from my house someone died yeah it happens all the time, more than we like to admit. Yeah. That people get into difficulties, whether it's out in a jungle, whether it's on a mountain, moorland, in, you know, cliffs, sea. It's quite, sadly, it's very common. Yeah. And even if it's not like someone, you know, dies, it's someone falls and breaks their leg or like, you know, mm. gets frost but like there's there's always these risks when you go out into this sort of environment but yeah Yeah. it's weird i'm gonna have to (laughs) god damn it i'm gonna have to go and fall down this hole again yeah 
Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but yeah, and yeah, I do think there's definitely some kind of of fa- even if it's not foul play. There's somebody knows something. Someone has to know something. That's the thing. Like the 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 logical side of me wants to say it was an accident, and these are weird coincidences. Mm. But at the very least, I feel like there is information being covered up. What yes. the fuck that might be, I don't know. But it seems like yeah. there's something missing. Yeah. And it could even be a, like a case of they were injured and sought shelter somewhere but then died and whoever was looking after them panicked and like yeah and was like oh no just left the bodies out in the wilderness it could even and that could be completely innocent and just a really tragic set of circumstances but i feel that somebody has to know something i agree with that but because it's not a criminal matter anymore like what is like how do you report it? Like, what does it take to to turn it back into a criminal investigation? I don't know. Someone coming forward with something, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that. Um. Yeah. So good, good, good choice. I am stumped again, continually, always. Yeah by this uh <laughs> thank you guys for listening and do let us know your thoughts about what happened in the panamanian jungle do you have any other theories that you've heard have you you know been active on reddit and gone through all 500 and however many of the photos like let us know because we would love to know what you guys think and of course, if you are listening and you do know anything, go to the authorities, Dutch or Panamanian. I mean, yes. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. Like, I say, like, someone has to know something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we will be back again tomorrow for our next Halloween installment. And Taylor is going to tell us a story. I'm very excited about because it means I get to curl up under my blanket and just be like story time (laughs) and uh, yeah so we'll see you then thanks for listening yes we will thanks guys Bye. bye